Pastors Michael and Brenda Brunzo welcome you and thank you for listening to the following message. This message was recorded during a regular service at Faith Fellowship Church. The Bible tells us in Romans 10, 17, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. So we believe this message will encourage and strengthen you in your daily walk of faith. God bless you as you listen. Good evening. Welcome to Facebook Live. This is Pastor Mike Brunzel with Faith Fellowship Church. Coming to you from my home in beautiful Taylorsville, Kentucky. We're having a wonderful day today. Perfect weather. Sunny, about 70-something degrees. You couldn't ask for anything better. Got a lot of yard work done today. Yeah, we're still cutting grass in Kentucky. I don't know about where you're at, but it's still green and growing here. Praise the Lord. Well, anyway, I'd like to teach from the book of Psalms tonight, the 95th Psalm, and Hebrews, the fourth chapter, and uh, I want to talk to you about there being a place of rest for God's children. How many can use some rest? I know I can, praise the Lord. Let's look at Psalms 95, verse 1. Come, let us sing to the Lord. Let us shout joyfully to the rock of our salvation. Let us come to him with thanksgiving. Let us sing psalms of praise to him. For the Lord is a great God, a great king above all gods. He holds in his hands the depths of the earth and the mightiest mountains. The sea belongs to him, for he made it. His hands formed the dry land too. Come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord our maker, for he is our God. We are the people he watches over, the flock under his care. If only you would listen to his voice today. The Lord says, don't harden your hearts as Israel did at Meribah, as they did at Massa in the wilderness. For there your ancestors tested and tried my patience, even though they, they saw everything I did. For 40 years I was angry with them, and I said they are a people whose hearts turn away from me. They refuse to do what I tell them. So in my anger, I took an oath. They will never enter my place of rest. They will never enter my place of rest. Uh, this passage of scripture is referring to the children of Israel during their time of wandering in the desert for 40 years. And we, were, we just read that God has a place of rest for his people. But apparently they never entered into it and enjoyed it. And according to the Bible, the reason they never entered into it was because of rebellions, rebellion, disobedience, and unbelief. Rebellion and disobedience are pretty much the same. They're at least related, and they go hand in hand. But the Bible says something special about rebellion itself. It says that rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft. So in God's eyes, rebellion is just like witchcraft. And, uh, you know, you might think, well, I would never use witchcraft. I would never rebel against God. But if you know what the word says and you don't do it, the Bible says to him who knoweth to do good and doeth it not, to him it is sin. And if you don't do what the word said, in God's eyes, it's rebellion. It's the same as witchcraft. And it's the same thing that kept the children of Israel from entering into God's rest. But you know what? If you're like me, you can use some rest. We can all use some rest. And if there's a rest that's available in God uh, or for the children of God, then we should be 
at least interested in it, if not interested, maybe just a little curious about how to enter into it. Amen? And in Hebrews, the fourth chapter, we're going to read there too, uh, the first verse down through the twelfth, and we'll kind of read it like expositorily, and we'll comment as we read each verse of Scripture. He says in verse 1, Hebrews 4, 1, Let us therefore fear... This is a reverential fear of God. This is a respect for God. He's not talking about the devil's kind of fear. He said, let us therefore fear, lest a promise being left us of entering into his rest, any of you should seem to come short of it. Uh, there is a promise of rest for us, and apparently there are a lot of people that come short of it. In other words, they're not quite getting into that rest. Uh, they were never able to enter into it. And I wonder if it could be for the same reasons that Israel never entered into the rest, because of rebellion, disobedience, and unbelief. Let's read on a little bit further. Verse 2 says, For unto us was the gospel preached, the good news preached, as well as unto them. You don't realize it, but the Israelites had the gospel preached to them in the wilderness. But the word preached did not profit them, not being mixed with faith, in them that heard it. Yes, they had an Old Testament Old Testament gospel. Uh, they were preached the word in the Old Testament. They had an opportunity to obey or not obey, to enter in or not enter in, uh, just like we do. Uh, we have some good news as well as they did. So we should know by now that nothing works in the kingdom of God uh, unless it's mixed with faith. Everything in the kingdom of God is achieved by faith. It says the word they heard did not profit them. Why? Because they did not mix it with faith. They did not mix faith with it. And then in uh, Hebrews 4.2, in the Amplified, it says it this way. For indeed, we have had the glad tidings, the gospel of God, proclaimed to us just as truly as they, the Israelites of old, did when the good news of deliverance from bondage came to them. So the gospel is the good news of deliverance from bondage, hallelujah. But the message, the gospel they heard, did not benefit them. It didn't profit them. Why? Because it was not mixed with faith, with the leaning. This is what I like about this translation. It says, with the leaning of the entire personality on God in absolute trust and confidence in his power, wisdom, and goodness by those who heard it. So here the Amphite is telling us it was not mixed with faith, and that faith is talked about is with the leaning of the entire personality on God in absolute trust and confidence in his power, wisdom, and goodness by those who heard it. Neither were they united in faith with the ones, Joshua and Caleb, who heard and did believe. So it tells us right here that Joshua and Caleb heard the word, and they believed. In other words, they mixed faith with it, but they were the only two that did. And here's the key to entering into God's kind of rest. Joshua and Caleb entered that rest because they believed and they knew exactly how. They, they entered into that rest by leaning on the entire personality of God in absolute trust and confidence in his power, wisdom, and and goodness. So this means that you can't have this type of confidence in your power, wisdom, and goodness. It has to be in his power, wisdom, and goodness. 
Anytime you lean on the arm of flesh, you're going to fail. But when you lean on God, God's arm, you will, you'll be successful every time. Let's look at verse 3. For we which have believed, for we which have believed do enter into rest. What if you don't believe? Then you don't enter into rest. As he said, as I have sworn in my wrath, if they shall enter into my rest, although the works were finished from the foundation of the world. In other words, when God created the world in the very beginning, he included a place of rest for his people. So rest must be important, and God wants us to enter into that rest. Uh, let's, let's use salvation as an example. There are millions of people in the world who have heard the gospel and even believe there is a God and Jesus is his son, and yet they're not saved. Why? Because they haven't mixed faith with the word uh, of salvation, and so it didn't profit them. It didn't benefit them. And we know how to get saved. Paul made it very clear for us in Romans chapter 10, verses 9 and 10. He says, if you openly declare that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. It's as simple as that. Uh, declare that Jesus is Lord, believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, and you will be saved. No ifs, ands, buts about it. No nine steps to salvation, no nothing. It's as simple as that. For it is by believing in your heart that you are made right with God. And it is by openly declaring your faith that you are saved. That's mixing faith with the word. And that's how you get results. That's how you benefit from it. That's how you profit from it. See, it's not just uh, enough to just believe that there is a God. You must believe that he is your God. And uh, you have to mix faith with the word by confessing that he is your Lord and Savior. Uh, we have to make it personal. You know, a lot of people believe that he's the Savior. But is he your Savior? He has to be your Savior. He has to be a personal Savior for you. And a lot of people know that Jesus is the healer. But is he your healer? You know, it's easy to believe that uh, God will heal somebody else. But will he heal you? That's the question you need to answer for yourself. If you believe that he's your healer, but you never mix faith with it, then he will never become your healer. He'll be a healer, but not your healer. You mix faith with it by believing in your heart, just like Paul said, and then declaring with your mouth that he's my healer. It's by his stripes that I am healed. And we all know that God is Jehovah Jireh. That's the name that uh, is, describes him when Abraham went to offer his son Isaac and uh, God stilled his hand and he seen a ram in the bush. And that was the provision for the sacrifice rather than his son Isaac. And uh, Abraham declared that to be Jehovah Jireh, the Lord my provider. But here's the thing, is he your provider? It's easy to believe that he's somebody else's provider, but can you believe that he's your provider? If he is, then you need to confess it. He's my Jehovah Jireh. He's my provider. Uh, I declare that my God shall supply all my needs according to his riches and glory. My God will make a way for me when there seems to be no way. My God, he will make a way for me. And so he's my savior. He's my healer. He's my provider. He's my protector. He orders my steps. He leads and guides 
me. He prospers me. See, it has to be personal. You have to believe that for yourself. And I'm mixing faith with the word by confessing the things that I believe in my heart. And of course, you have to have the right beliefs in your heart. And the way you get them is by reading and meditating on the word, getting the word into your heart. As a matter of fact, Christianity is actually called the great confession. And uh, how many of you know that you're saved. I mean, you really know that you're saved. There's no doubt in your mind. You're not saved one day and don't feel saved the next day. You know that you're saved uh, because that means that you're not believing to be saved. You're not looking for it in the future. You have it now. You know that you're saved now, and it's a done deal to you. But how do you really know you're saved? I know I'm saved because I did what the Word said. I believe the Word, and then I mix faith with it by declaring it. And uh, you receive it by faith, and then you just rest in it. So it's an example of resting in salvation. I'm resting in my salvation. I'm not struggling with it. I'm not wrestling with it. I don't have any doubts about it. I'm not worried about it. I'm not stressing over it. I know I'm saved because I mix faith with the, with the Word, and I got the results of salvation, just like the Apostle Paul told us. So in other words, you believed in your heart, you mix faith with it by confessing or declaring it with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and God raised him from the dead and the word mixed with faith did profit you. The word mixed with faith benefited you. See, it can't be one or the other. You have to believe and confess. You have to believe that Jesus is Lord and that he died for your sins. He was raised for your justification and uh, you have to Declare it with your mouth. They both have to happen. You have to have the faith, and then you have to speak it. And that's mixing uh, faith with the word, and that will get you the results you're desiring. That will that will profit you, and that will give you that will benefit you. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. So you heard the word of salvation. You didn't rebel. You were obedient, and you believed in it. You've entered in, and now you're resting in salvation. Hallelujah. I don't wake up every morning, like I said, worrying or stressing about whether or not I'm saved. Why? Because Paul said, he who believed have entered into rest. I know I believe. I believe in my salvation. Uh, you know, I would like to say that I rest in every area of my life, but I don't. I'm still struggling with certain things. I still grow every day. But, you know, once you... Uh, finally get it settled in your heart that it's done it's a done deal it's so you enter into that rest and you never worry or stress about it again uh, there's another area in my life is finances I have entered into a rest with finances I don't worry about our finances I don't worry about the church's finances uh, my wife and I just believe the word and uh, we have always uh Cast our cares upon the Lord concerning finances. That's another area that we have the victory in. I never worry about being able to pay my bills at the end of the month. Never worry about having to buy something that's a need for our family or for myself. It's always been there. It's, all, it's there now. It will always be there. Why? Because I've settled it in my heart that he is my provider and he will supply all my needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. According to his riches is a big deal because uh, there's no limitation on his riches. If I did it according to uh, my, my company's riches, you know, if I was still working, I'm not. If I did it according to Social Security's riches, 
then I would never be able to enter into a rest. But I'm relying on his riches and Social Security and my pensions or whatever else, your job, your, your salary, the paycheck you get every week is just a source for God to use, a resource really is what it is because he's the source. And if your resource ever dries up, you have to have the confidence in your heart that God is going to supply your needs just like he said he was, and you will enter into that rest, and that will never become a problem for you again. Now, there's other areas in my life where I struggle once in a while, but I do finally enter into that rest. I finally get it settled in my heart. I get all the doubt and unbelief out, and I know beyond any shadow of a doubt, God is going to come through for me no matter how impossible it looks and when I finally get that in my heart and I start declaring that I'm not worrying about this I'm not stressing about it God said he'll do it I believe it that settles it then I enter into the rest of that situation and I don't stress over it anymore and uh, I mean how many are believing for something right now if you're a believer that's that's what we do. We believe for things, and we're believing for things right now. I don't care what it is. Maybe uh, a job, a promotion, uh, maybe healing to, from a sickness. Maybe you're believing something for your children. But we're all believing for something, and that's why they call us believers. And uh, but if you're worried about it, if you're stressed out over it, if you're losing sleep over it, or you're in fear over it, then you're not in faith, and you're certainly not going to be in rest about it. If you prayed and really cast your cares upon the Lord, he says, cast your cares upon me for I careth for you. And if you did that and you really cast your cares upon him, then you're doing what the Amplified Bible said, leaning on the entire personal personality of God in absolute trust and confidence in his power, wisdom and goodness. Then you know that it's taken care of. And you can enter into rest concerning that thing that you're believing for. You may not have it right now. You may not see it right now. But by faith, you're believing that you have it. And you will enter into a rest while you're waiting for the manifestation to appear. You know, I know I have symptoms, but healing is in my body. You know, it's, it's not a sin to have symptoms. It's not a sin to get sick. But you have to realize that although I have symptoms, although I feel sick, Healing is at work in my body. There's a healing and a cure going on in my body, and I know I'm going to be okay. I know it looks like I'm not going to make ends meet by the end of the month, but the money's coming, and I'm going to pay my bills because God said I would. God said he would supply my needs. This is a need, and I expect God to supply it. And when you get that settled in your heart and you confess it the same way I just did, I know I have symptoms, but healing is at work in me. The Holy Ghost is at work in me to affect the healing and the cure. I'm not stressing over it. I ain't worrying about it. All I have to do is rest in God until the manifestation comes and you enter into rest concerning that thing. Well, how do I know if I'm in rest? Well, if you wake up in the middle of the night worrying about it, you're not in rest. So you need to... Get some more in your heart, read some more word, meditate on some more word, uh, pray a little more, trust in God, lean on his personality, his, his goodness, his wisdom, and not on your own, and you'll sleep like a baby every time. And you know, it's like, uh, if, I, if I know healing is at work in me, it should make me happy. Even if I'm sick, even if I have symptoms, even if I feel terrible, if I believe that healing is at work in me, it should make me happy. And, and no matter what it looks like, what it feels like, 
I know I have it. That's faith. That's mixing faith with the word, and it will be profitable. You will benefit from mixing faith with the word. Uh, you know, and even though you don't see the, the ends coming together at the end of the month, you just absolutely know that they're going to be there when the time comes because God promised us that. And you'll enter into a rest that even you can't understand. You'll enter into a peace that passes all understanding. You can't even understand this type of peace. But you'll enter into that rest and you'll not worry or stress about it anymore. And faith is a rest. Remember verse 3? For we who have believed do enter into that rest. So believing is a big part of entering into the rest. Mixing your faith with it is when you confess it, when you uh, declare it, declare the word of God, and then that's mixing faith with it, and then you can enter into that rest. And you may not be in rest now, but the rest has always been available since the beginning of, the time, of time, since God created the earth. He made rest available, and all you have to do is turn your doubt and unbelief and rebellion into faith and obedience, and you can enter into that rest. Verse 4 says, For he spake in a certain place. Let's talk about Genesis chapter 2 and verse 2. He spoke in Genesis 2 and 2 of the seventh day on this wise, and God did rest the seventh day from all his works. Let me tell you something. If God needs to rest, you need to rest too. I need to rest too. It's, it's that important. And verse 5 says, And in this place again, if they shall enter into my rest, seeing therefore it remains that some must enter therein, and they to whom it was first preached enter not in because of unbelief. He first preached this place of rest to the children of Israel who turned around and got into disobedience and rebellion. And because of that, they didn't mix faith with the word and they didn't enter into that rest. And it was because of unbelief. Again, verse 7, he limits a certain day saying in David or through David, today, after so long a time as it is said today, if you will hear his voice, Harden not your hearts. In other words, don't harden your hearts to the word. Even if you don't agree with the word, even if it rubs you the wrong way, which the truth does sometimes, don't harden your heart towards it. Open your heart up for it. Have a, a, a heart that can receive seed, a well-fertilized soil that the word can get planted in and grow. Verse 8, for if Jesus had given them rest, then would he not afterward have spoken of another day? There remains therefore a rest to the people of God. Make no mistake about it. There is a rest for the people of God, for the children of God. Uh, we can enter into it and we can stay in it. That's what God wants us to do. He wants us to stay in it. Verse 10, he says, for he that is entered into his rest, he also hath ceased from his own works as God did from his. So that's what we got to do. We have to cease from our works and then enter into God's rest. But then he says in, in verse 11, something that's a little bit puzzling. He says, let us labor therefore to enter into that rest, lest any man fall after the same example of unbelief. The same example that we have from the children of Israel, that example of unbelief, it's going to cause us to fall. He says, let us labor to 
to enter into that rest. It almost sounds contradictory. I mean, labor and rest, you, it doesn't seem like you could do both. I mean, are we laboring or are we resting? Uh, and the Apostle Paul also told us in 1 Timothy 1.8, he says, fight the good fight of faith. So I got to fight for faith. I have to labor to rest. Now I'm really confused. It doesn't sound right to me. I mean, are we fighting or are we resting? Are we laboring or are we resting? And, and you know, here is where we have to rightly divide the word of truth like Paul told us to. If we read it carefully, we'll notice that we are laboring to enter into the rest, but you're not laboring once you enter in. You're not laboring in the rest. We're fighting the good fight of faith to enter into that rest. But here's the key. You labor, you fight, but once we enter in, then we rest. I mean, the devil's going to resist us in everything. He's going he's to try to disprove the promises of God. And he's going to try to keep us from entering into the rest, entering into the promise. And so there is going to be some labor. There is going to be a fight. But once you enter in, he can't do nothing about it. You're in there and you're resting. So the labor and the fight is just to get into the rest. And, and like I said, the enemy will do everything he can to distract you, to get you irritated, to keep you from entering into that rest. And he will try to get you out of that rest once he, you've entered in. But if you've entered in, you've labored, you've fought the good fight of faith, you've entered in, you're enjoying God's rest. I'm going to tell you what, it's going to be hard to pull you out of that rest. It's, it's a wonderful rest. And... Uh, uh, He'll, like I said, he'll do things to try to get you irritated, try to get you worried, get you stressed again, because that's when he's moving in your life and he's having his way is when he's got you worried and stressed because that's the opposite of faith. So we should live in rest. And if we're not, then we're allowing something to keep us out of that rest. And we need to figure out what it is. I mean, this generation doesn't know how to rest. And, uh, you know, we take vacations so we can rest. But let me ask you something. Whoever gets any rest on a vacation? I don't know about you, but I have never went on a vacation and came back feeling rested, especially when we used to go with our kids, you know. As a matter of fact, I've always needed a vacation from the vacation when we got back. You know, there's the anticipation, the anxiety, the making of the arrangements, the stress, the travel, the sleeping in strange hotels and strange beds. Uh, then there's the sightseeing, the standing in lines if you went to Disney World or anywhere else. And if you think that's rest, I got a bridge I want to sell you. But this is one of the reasons we can't rest at home either. We get anxious and we worry if this is going to happen or that's going to happen or if this ain't going to happen. And, and uh, you know, how we're doing it, if we're doing it right, if we're doing it wrong, is there going to be enough money? Is there going to be enough time? Whatever, you know. We have to learn how to rest because it doesn't come naturally. Well, when I get home from work, I just plop down in front of the TV and I don't move. Well, that's not necessarily rest either. I mean, you have to learn how to rest on the inside before you can enjoy any rest on the outside. And that's where we miss it. I, I hear people say all the time that I go to bed tired and I wake up tired. And, and you know what's so sad about that? It's true. And just because you're sleeping doesn't mean you're resting. There's a big difference between sleep and rest. But when you can sleep and rest at the same time, you will wake up like a new person. You'll wake up refreshed. 
And there's millions of people with sleep disorders. I've never seen anything like it. You know, sleeping with these machines and everything. I'm not knocking them. You know, if you need them, bless God, you should have one. If it's helping you sleep and it's keeping you healthy, praise the Lord. By all means, use it. But I'm just using that as an example. All kinds of sleep disorders in this uh, world, this country. And, and people need something to help them fall asleep. And then when they wake up, they need something to wake them up and you know, you can take sleeping pills or sleep medications and sleep for 10 hours and still wake up tired. And, and But the Bible says, they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. So we need to be renewed on the inside before we can be renewed on the outside. We have to be resting on the inside before it manifests itself on the outside. And you have to be still and quiet, and that includes your mind. And I don't know if you've ever tried that, but it is hard. I mean, you probably experience when you pray. Your mind is, uh, you start praying, and 20 seconds later, your mind took off, and it's somewhere else already. And, and so you have to learn how to quiet your mind, quiet your body. And, you know, watching television is not resting. You might be in a seated position, but you're not resting. Your mind and your emotions are running all over the place, and especially if it's a suspense or it's a, a scary movie or something. That's not resting when you chewed all your fingernails and your toes been curled for the, for the last two hours through the whole movie. And, and, you know, a lot of people think that they relax when they're on Facebook and just perusing Facebook or perusing the Internet or the social media side of your choice. But uh, they say, well, that's how I relax. But I don't know about you, but when I read Facebook, my emotions are all over the place. I've had my blood pressure elevated. I even got nauseated on Facebook before. That's not rest. You might be sitting, but you're not resting. Uh, this generation and the society that we're living in right now is... Uh, just really doesn't know how to rest. We're so busy running here, running there, doing this, doing that. Uh, so busy doing a lot of things that maybe we shouldn't even be doing. And uh, we need to prioritize some things and eliminate some of the things that are not benefiting us and then just use that time to rest. Uh, take a breather. It's not going to kill you. And then when it comes time to do something that's really important, like reading your Bible or praying or spending time with the family, preparing a meal or something, uh, you're, or, or taking them out for an ice cream cone or something like that, you're too tired and wore out to do it. You're too tired and wore out to do anything. And, and besides that, you've been so busy all day that now you don't even have time to do some of them things. And we're stressed out with life changes, with work, financial problems, relationship problems, being too busy, we're stressed out with raising children and trying to keep the family together, and it causes stress. But here's the thing about stress, it's a killer. It causes memory problems, moodiness, irritability, short tempers, agitation, the inability to relax, loneliness, depression, plus it can cause physical problems. It can cause heart problems, blood pressure problems, all kinds of things. And it also lowers the, the body's ability to fight off disease. And I'm telling you, God does not want us stressed. There's a lot of stuff that we're doing that is stressing us out and taking up our time and energy. And there's probably a lot of it we don't re really need to be doing. So we should be getting some rest. And I'm talking about real rest. And just because the world is running crazy doesn't mean that you have to join in the frenzy. You, can, you can't get in faith like that 
and you certainly can't enter into God's rest uh, or the rest that God has for you. God specifically warns us not to worry, which is another form of stress. He doesn't want us getting stressed out, and he tells us that in more than one place. Uh, one of the places he tells us in Philippians 4, 6 through 8, he says, Be careful for nothing. In other words, don't be anxious, don't fret, don't worry, don't stress about anything. And if you're doing any of these things, then you can't be trusting in God or resting in his promises or leaning on his personality. And nothing comes good out of this. There's nothing comes good out of worry. As a matter of fact, it will affect your heart, uh, your life, and it will kill you eventually. He says, <coughs> excuse me, be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. So don't stress, don't worry, don't be anxious. Just let your request, the thing that you're stressing about, worried about, anxious about, let God know about it in prayer and supplication with thanksgiving that he has the answer and he's going he's gonna to come to your aid. And he says, let your request be made known unto God. So pray about it. Give that thing to God. And then he says in verse 7, And the peace of God which passes all understanding shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. So then he says, Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, just, pure, lovely, whatsoever things are of a good report, if there be any virtue and if there be any praise, think on these things. In other words, instead of thinking and stressing over the, the problem that you have, give that thing to God through prayer, supplication, and thanksgiving, and then think about all these things, what's true and honest and pure and lovely and uh, things that have virtue, things that have praise uh, about it. He says, Think about these things. So he even tells us what to think about to replace that anxiety. And so thinking and speaking the wrong things will keep you from entering into rest. And they'll keep you from staying in that rest once you've entered. This is where the labor and the fight comes in. You have to labor and fight the good fight of faith to keep from thinking wrong thoughts and saying wrong things. And, and I'm telling you, it's a fight. It will keep you busy. Uh, you know, if you got a problem in your life and, and you pray about it and you give it to God, I'm telling you five minutes later, the devil's going to remind you about it. And you have to constantly fight and labor to enter into rest. You have to keep casting them thoughts off and thinking on the lovely things, the pure things that God told us to think about. You can't think or talk about sickness because uh, it'll cause stress. You can't think about the debt or the problem all the time. You may have a debt. You may have a sickness in your body, but you can't let it absorb you. You can't, let, you can't be talking about it all the time because you're just giving glory to the devil when you do. Uh, talk to God about it and leave it there. Uh, you have to speak the answer from the word. And when you're confident that it's going to work for you, then you will enter into that rest. You'll stop stressing. You'll stop being anxious. You'll stop worrying. And if you're constantly worrying about the problem and stressing over it, then you aren't in faith uh, and God won't be able to meet your needs. But if you can get your mind off the need and your eyes on the Lord and start thinking like the Amplified Bible told us, uh, uh, thinking about the things that are true, the things that God said, the honest things, the good reports, the things that are lovely, worthy of praise, and you'll start thinking on all of those things. And I'm telling you, that stress will leave. He said, all things are possible with God. By his stripes, I am healed. 
He will supply all my needs according to his riches and glory. He's our refuge. He's He can't fail. He's my God. He'll make a way where there doesn't seem to be a way. He said he'll never leave me or forsake me. And these are the things that we have to start thinking about and, and confessing when we have these worries and stuff come on us. He says, cast your cares upon me for I care about you. And once you do that, once you cast your cares upon him, you have to really leave them there. And you can't be uh, talking about the problem anymore, talking about the sickness anymore. You have to act like it's been taken care of because if you truly gave it to God, it is being taken care of. Do you believe you're saved? Then you're not trying to get saved and you're in faith and you're in rest. You believe you're healed? Or are you still trying to get healed? Uh, well, I believe I'm healed, but I haven't got it yet. Well, that's fine. Then leave it there. You believe it? Just continue believing until you get it. If you're still trying to get it, then you don't believe you have it. See, that's important. If you're still trying to get it, then you really don't believe you have it. If you really believe you have it, then you will not worry about getting it anymore. If you're trying to get the money for your bills, then you don't believe you have them. You don't believe you have it yet. So it's, it's a matter of thinking the right things, having the right beliefs in our heart, and confessing the right things. See, if you're still trying to get it, then you don't really believe you have it. If you're trying to get the money for your bills, then you don't really believe you have it. You have to believe as though you already have it in your hand. See, you can't be thinking carnally because to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace, Romans 8, 6. Well, I don't see it yet so, yet, so I must not have it. See, that's not faith. That's walking by sight and thinking carnally. Uh, and it's going to cause death to come to your health. It's going to cause death to your finances, death to your dreams, death to the thing that you're believing God for every time. In Hebrews 4.12, and I'm getting ready to close. I know I'm running a little bit over. But Hebrews 4.12 in the Amp says, For the word that God speaks is alive and full of power. His word is alive and active, energized, full of power. And that's what the Amplified brings out here. It says, making it active, operative, energizing, and effective. It's sharper than any two-edged sword penetrating to the dividing line of the breath of life or the soul and the immortal spirit and of the joints and marrow, talking about the flesh, of the deepest part of our nature, exposing and sifting and analyzing and judging the very thoughts and purposes of the heart. This word of God is not like reading a fiction or non-fiction novel. This word has life in it. It is energized. It is active. It is able to perform. It is powerful. And we have to, when we read the Word of God, we can't read it like a book. We got to read it like, hey, this is God talking to me, and we have to make it personal to us. So the Word of God here, he tells us that it separates the soul and the spirit. In other words, it is what separates the carnal from the spiritual. So walk in disobedience to the word, that's carnal. There's no rest in that. Walk in obedience uh, to the spirit or to the word because they're synonymous. They're just like one, and you will enter into that rest every time. Praise the Lord. I'm speaking of time. I've run out of time. God bless you. We appreciate you. Let me pray over you before we close tonight. Father, We I thank you for each and every one that's listening to my voice tonight. 
I pray this message has been a blessing to them. I pray that it will change somebody's life, cause a little bit less stress in their life, a little less worry and anxiousness, and they will learn how to enter into that rest because there's many healing powers and uh, things in that rest that only you can provide, Lord. And it's, it's not just sleeping or sitting around. That is not rest. It's when we can rest in the promises of God. We can rest in what you told us, Lord, that we'll have rest for the soul, rest for our spirit, and then it will manifest itself in our flesh, and we will feel what real rest is like. We thank you and praise you for it. Give you all the glory in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. We love you. We'll see you Sunday about 11 o'clock. This concludes this message. Thank you for listening. We pray that it's been a blessing to you. For more information about FFC or its ministries, please contact the church office. God bless you, and remember, Jesus is Lord.